Everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 337. I'm not actually Gaz Williams, as it says below, but uh, I had a little bit of a... I, everything's a little bit up in the air today just because my main laptop went down, so I'm sort of busking it on an old one, so everything's a little bit... Uh, everything else is fine. Don't worry, it's all going to be okay. But I remember, I mustn't talk about... Don't talk about Video Club. So, uh, Sonic Talk uh, 337, pleased to have you. We're recording live today, Wednesday, the 6th of November, the day after Bonfire Night in the UK. Um, I guess it doesn't have any relevance anywhere else in the world. I don't know if they have Bonfire Night anywhere else in the world. I don't know if they do. I'm not sure. Anyway, but while I've got the Gaz Williams lower third, it would seem pertinent to go straight to Gaz Williams. GazWilliams.me, uh, bass player, professional bass player and technologist and scarf-wearing dude. How are you, Gaz? I have got a confession. Quite a large one, I'm uh, afraid. Uh-oh. What's happened? I had to buy Logic Pro X for a job that I'm doing. Oh. I, I like it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how terrible for you. Uh, oh, oh, no. I Your really family am, must I, be I, very disappointed. I am. I'm so disappointed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And it's in ways that I wasn't expecting to be honest. I kind of thought it was going to be pretty much like the old one. But there's, a, there's an option in the preferences which can let you dumb it right down and to turn it almost into like garage band. It's sort of, there's a, like a, just a preference switch that you can do. And then it just takes away loads and loads of stuff. And it just makes a very, very simple one. Now, I know a lot of people were really worried when, uh, you know, about this Pro X thing before it came out that they were going to do a final cut thing and dumb it down uh being a bad thing but i think it's brilliant the way that they've done it because it means that you can have this very very simple easy to use uh interface and then you can go into the preferences and flick the little you know just tick the little switch and then open up the whole uh you know the whole deeper logic for those who want it uh genius idea i've not really seen that in any other software but um the other thing that's really really very good sorry falling over is the uh ipad controller app it's um oh, it's i haven't tried that well but... it's comparable to the cubase one the one that we reviewed on the sonic touch in, in, in some ways but it actually does things quite a lot better i think to be honest like you can actually you kind of hope up... so though wouldn't you really <laughs> considering yeah they're all it, made by the same person i know you... and it is a that makes it a bit nice it just seems to be really really stable you know, the whole kind of wireless thing just seems to work so much more than, you know, just so much, with so much less kind of issues about, like, losing sync and various bits like that. Mm. So, they still Welcome. haven't put Welcome clip gain side. in, though. No, That's the haven't. only thing. That's the only thing, pretty much, that i found so far that irks me. Because from a workflow point of view, if you use that and clip gain beaming, your clips, you could just grab a little volume handle and adjust it, and the, and the waveform will change. Yeah. You can select it in Logic, and you can go to the left-hand side to the inspector, and you can add some gain, but you don't get any graphical representation of it. So you don't know if you've done that or not. Uh, so, yeah. Apart from well, that, 
pretty good. Well, I welcome your uh, your joining uh, this club. I've been using Logic <laughs> myself this week because I've been reviewing the Axiom Air 61, uh, which is a lovely feeling keyboard, I have to say. And it's got an interesting uh, co- uh, use of hypercontrol, which doesn't quite work as advertised, but it doesn't get in the way of anything. It just kind of works to the degree that it works and it doesn't conclude rap- rappers or anything. Anyway, let's get on to some more guests. We've got Mr. Mark Tinley in a kind of chic tribute hat. Mark Tinley, of course, um, well, and glasses. You're looking very Captain Sensible today, Mark. But you are muted, which may or may not be me. How about that? That's much better. See, I'm a professional. You are a professional sound engineer. Thank you very Press mute. Yep, that's it. It's that button. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. Nice to have you last week. And last week we gave you one of our fancy lights, and I must say you are looking particularly cinematic today. Yeah, transformed, haven't I? You certainly Uh, have. Apart from the hat. You certainly have. Well, yeah, but, you know, the hat's hat's a hat thing. In fact, it's perhaps in homage, because Rich Hilton, who's touring with Chic, uh, is a regular guest on the show, uh, played both The X Factor and... um, Come Dancing or whatever it's called, you know, the, the, the ballroom Strictly. Da- Strictly Come Dancing this weekend. So he's had Excellent. a kind of, he's had about as much as exposure as it is possible to have in the UK via mainstream TV in two days. So anyway, and finally, Mr. Non-Eric in Muso Talk, whose lower third Hi. I have apparently got wrong. Should be a gap. No, no, no next week it'll be, or next time you come on, it'll be Non-Eric or Non-Rick, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> But I, I'll see what I could do. Uh, we're, in fact, streaming to each other from our respective uh, fabulous studios, and uh, you're looking particularly resplendent. And I must say, sounding an awful lot better than last week. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I have to make a confession. As well? Yes, I'm, lo- I'm re- just using, uh, started using Logic X again. Ah, oh, you yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I deflected from the platform. Uh, about two years ago, and then I got, came back to it, um, and I was just like, guess, totally amazed by uh, the remote, uh, because I'm not a real uh, keyboard player, and in the old days I used to play a lot of my uh, instruments through the MPC drum pads, uh-huh. and, na- and now with Logic X remote, I've got pads, and I've got uh, chords that I can use, so I'm really, really like... It's it's a little bit like an ext- like a extension of GarageBand plus the added sort of CPU power and plugins that you would like to use uh, in the final production. So I, I really really dig it, which is uh, a shame to say for me actually, because I really sort of dissed Logic <laughs> in the last couple of years. Quite it's interesting, isn't it, how things change? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you are, well, you have come to buy. Anyway, what's that in the background, non- Mr. Non-Eric? Is that an MS-2000? I can't quite make it out. Which one? That keyboard thing that's, you know... That. Oh, no, that's... A, that's no, 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 a, the, the, the other thing there. A, what's, what's that? You have to remove that lower third. Thing. Is that a Lin? No, close. Uh, it's LSP 1200. I should know. It's your lower thirds in the way, you see. I couldn't quite see it. Good to have some I have, prop. I have, I have four of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I keep switching them. So I use one for a month and then I switch to the, the next one because I think it's, it's better for the units if they get used. Yeah. So it's kind of dangerous with old electronics to just have them lying in a, in a case. So I, I, I do regular turns, and now it's a black one again, the second black one, and I have one that looks just like it came out of the store. 
Wow, that's nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, funnily enough, there is a topic a bit later on. I'm not Gaz Williams, by the way. There is a topic later on which uh, we may get onto, which is there's a Vimeo auction and there's some pretty tasty stuff. I have to say, though, uh, well, I'll, I'll, a bit more on that later. Uh, um, non Eric, you came on um, particularly to talk about. I saw, in fact, I saw, if I've got your uh, web here, there's a picture of my, you on Facebook queuing like a fanboy outside. <laughs> is that the Berlin Apple Store? Or are yes, you just, or are you just hassling the uh, um, the security staff? Were you just there to kind of uh, no, to give I was them a heart? Like a fanboy, I was queuing up, and uh, it took me about an hour to be able to buy it. And I was really, really lucky because I was the last one to be able to get out of the store before it was shut down for more than two hours because the police found uh, a deserted suitcase on the road in front of the store. And so they blocked the whole road. It was like terror alarm. And I was, I just, well, I was the last one to get out. Otherwise, I would have had to wait two hours. Wow. And, but here it is. So um, is it actually ridiculously thin and you have to put it in a case just to keep it from snapping? Absolutely. I mean, it feels a little bit more uh, like an iPad mini, a slightly larger iPad mini. Um, and it's, it's, you cannot, I can grab it like this. <laughs> I'm on it's the train. Really, really light. <laughs> and now we've got stereo sound. Stereo sound. And what, is that two but, actual but speakers? Two actual speakers, but you put you have to have, you put your head like this. I'm sure some you could wear it like a baseball cap peak to get the full stereo effect there. <laughs> um, there's two things that I find a little bit annoying. It's uh, it it's it's considerably louder from the speaker than the old one. Yeah, but it vibrates the case. The case. Oh, uh, it buzzes. It buzzes. It. No, it, it, you could feel it, you know. So when when you hold it like this and you're watching a movie, there's this constant sort of vibra light vibration that I find a little bit irritating. Uh, I could and, could could I even say that it makes your palms itch? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And no. then and then uh, there is this rather sharp edge, like on the mini here, which I also f don't really like that much, but. Obviously, it's, much, it's so much lighter and so much smaller compared to this. It's, you can't really grasp it. Grasp uh, the yeah. Oh, I see. I yes. Uh, not only is it thinner, it's also got less border to the screen. Yeah. And then I did some benchmarks. Oh, no, not benchmarks. I, uh, I tried Aurea and uh, Beatmaker in a side-by-side -side comparison. And I would say uh, Beatmaker is about 40 to 50% faster. And Aurea about 30%. That's, so that's about the gain. I mean, mm. for anybody who's using an iPad 2 or iPad 3 or a Mini, this is a sensible update, definitely, if you're into audio apps. And if you're really, really, really into making music with your iPad, you should even trade your version 4 for the version Air. Really? It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah, think I should do that? Power. Maybe yeah. I should do that. Yeah. Um, have you found iOS 6? Because uh, Andy, um, my business partner, he was uh, I was using his machine the other day um, just because my iPad had run out of juice and I needed to do some switching. And uh, iOS 7, I just found a really unpleasant experience. <laughs> it's like, where is everything? Why is it all gone away? Oh, why, do just, people, why do they do that? You, you don't have... did... Yeah, sorry, get Mark, go. I've switched to iOS 7 and it took me a while to get used to it. Like, 
how do you search for things from the home page. So I've Googled all the things that I did the old way and kept trying to make them work and wouldn't work. And now I've kind of really gotten into iOS 7. I really like it. So I've been, uh, what's the word? Seduced. Uh, yeah. Or hypnotized by the we're, new Apple We're going to have to call this the Apple fanboy issue. I don't know. I, I was just looking through the stats, actually, for the uh, YouTube, just trying to figure it out. And, um, and can, I, can I ask... Oh, yes, sorry, go, sorry. Go, go, go for it. I just, was going to ask a question to non-Eric if he knew about the Mac Mini, the new Mac Mini's uh, CPU. I haven't been able to figure that out. Is it the same as the... iPad Mini? iPad Mini? Yeah, the new iPad Mini and the new yeah. iPad Air. Do they share the yeah. same CPU? They share the same CPU and they share basically the same specs, but uh, it's not quite clear yet whether they run at the same uh, CPU clock speed. So that could okay. be the difference. There could be a, there could be um, uh, slightly uh, slower, or maybe it's the same uh, speed, but, but uh, even technically e e they could be the same. Yeah. So, so in a way, that is the better bargain, isn't it, in some respects, sort of, uh, as a... Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're just into the CPU power, you just need that. Yes, you could save 100 euros. Mm. But I find, uh, Gus, ha have you ever used a Mini for music? Yeah. No. no. I find the, I need that little extra space. Because right. it's, it's... Some of the, like, Aurea is almost uh, unusable. Un, uh, on, on the smaller yeah, you need uh, to. three dimension, yeah. Right. I'm we using did a mini and you need uh, to have really fine finger control to make it work at all, actually. On some of the, I mean, even the MS20, the MS20 is so fiddly on the small screen. Yeah, well, yeah. This, this is uh, the. Uh, we have been problem. speculating that the, the name, the iPad Air, is, say, is to suggest that there's going to be another iPad later on. That iPad isn't Pro. The, mm. like a big one, maybe a big one, you know. Now, which can you imagine that a 13 inch one? I think just from the apps and the touch and all this, you know, the controls, all that kind of thing, I think would be just so awesome as a studio controller. So, I think you're probably right. I, I would like to maybe move away from Apple just for a moment because uh, <laughs> we, did, we did cover this when the announcement came out. Um, but I'm really pleased that you got hold of yours and I, I, I'm sort of somewhat jealous. And I've got an iPad 4 and I'm wondering if I can sell it quickly before and, and eat the difference in cost just so that I've got something more powerful. But I, I, I'll, I'll leave that between me and my bank manager for, the, for now. Let's move on to uh, the first topic, which uh, uh, totally passed me by. This is the news that, uh, well, let me play this first. This is uh, Little Bits, for those of you who don't know, are, uh, they make kind of electronic kits. Um, they're, they're kind of like the old school 1970s kind of kit, uh, modular block component stuff that you could make, like radios and, um, and you know, crystal and, think, and lights go on and what have you. And they do lots of little kits, and it's kind of like a kind of version of that for the, uh, the, the, the millennium, as it were. But Korg have teamed up with them, and it looks like what they're doing, uh, this came I found this on uh, uh, Synthtopia, if I go to the here, it's probably a bit better because, I mean, you can't really... Uh, oh, I thought I had the actual... Uh, ah, here we go. I think it might be here. Little bits, synth. Oh, yeah, this one doesn't... In fact, I couldn't get the bloody web page to work, so that's a complete waste of time. It'll just go into a redirect loop. Um, but basically, they've announced these little kits that allow you to kind of breadboard these tiny bits of... Um, 
like, like modules which are kind of um, VCA, filter, sequencer, envelope, LFO, and also a digital delay. So it seems like what they are is actually parts of monotrons that you can put together uh, and, you know, just build yourselves. And that's what that, those are the people jamming. In fact, that was uh, Sota Toshiyoshi, who I think is one of the designers, and Paul Rothman, who is one of the mm. makers, um, representative from the whole maker fair and maker thing, just sort of jamming in um, somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where that was. But it's going to be about 16,000 yen, which I think is around about 200 bucks. So, in fact, all you're getting is a Monotron for 200 bucks, which is a fantastic piece of marketing because yeah. you can buy the actual thing itself for um, half the price, I think. I know. Um, no, I haven't had your opinions on this whole sort of modular business. It, it's got to be a good thing, right? I mean, anything that gets people into this and the, the patching points and the tweakery is going to be brilliant, surely. You're going to get one? I can see one sitting there on the back of your baffle there. look really nice. A what? I could see one sitting there above your SP1200 on your acoustic baffle in the corner. That's what you need. What have you got there? Oh, no, that's a boss pedal. I was saying... It, but, I mean, even as pedal. But I think that if you actually had a, uh, a Korg Little Bits kit up there, that would look really cool. Sweet. MXR? Yeah, Phase, phase 90, an original 70s model. Oh, really? I thought they were blue. Why do I think they were blue? I have the blue one as well. That's a bigger one with more controls. They're like sort of uh, MXR little The blue bits. one, the Phase 100, I think. Yeah, that's the Phase 90. And then uh, I'll have to get it out of the closet, but I have the, the blue one <laughs> as well. <laughs> I th I th what I found fascinating actually is they look like clerks, you know, on that stage. Yeah. It was very, very, very unsexy. Uh, to yeah. Me, I, you know? I, 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 oh, uh, very dirty. That is true. Mike, well, here, I found some more pictures. This is via Digital Music News, actually, which uh, these are some pictures. These are the kind of little kits. There's a synth kit here, which has, uh, well, looks like it has Korg, microsequencer, a mix, oscillator, two oscillators, delay, random, synth speaker, envelope, filter, and split. So actually, you get a fair bit more than that in your uh, little bits synth kit, synth I think speaker. it's really, really cool. It is, yeah. isn't it? It's going to yeah, be really, really cool. Really I'm going. Cool. I'm going to want to get that. I, I can almost tell Mark, you know, because when you came here last week and you were sort of fondling all my little bits of uh, Korg electronics, I, that was my dramatic pause there. Um, and I can just imagine you. This is going to be just for you, right? You just want it's, this. Yeah, I'm sure. it is. I mean, they're really, really cool. I just don't think that I could justify spending that much money on it because essentially it's sort of a toy, isn't it? Cause yeah, more, even I more so. Yeah, I mean, I looked at... There's two ways it could go, isn't there? Because I looked on eBay for the basic building blocks for the little bits thing. So the smallest kit on eBay is about 300 quid, I think. Really? Um, yeah, for the smallest kit. And the Korg kit, if the box is anything to go by, which it may not be, of course, it might just be bigger packaging because they're trying to get that MS-20 sort of shape to the, to the thing you stick the blocks onto. But if the Korg kit is bigger then I guess if Korg aren't subsidising it and they're licensing their name to them, it's going to be way more expensive. But if Korg are really nice and they're subsidising it to kind of attach their name to something cool, then it's possible it could be slightly cheaper. What's well, right here, right here it says 16,000 Japanese yen equals $162. So if that price is... Um, oh, well, I'll buy one then. If that price is correct... If it's 100 quid, I'll buy one. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and also the, the, the other modules, like I see here is a light trigger, $18, motion trigger, $36. Uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, it's really, really cheap. I think we get a lot of people just getting it and playing around, and maybe they end up buying a Duffer system later or something even more. So, is there, so my first question, if I'm going to go and buy this, is in the little bits building blocks is there a shortwave radio kit because uh, if you I'm just buy the cork thing and then you buy a shortwave radio and then you put those two things together and then you've got the shortwave radio as your oscillator instead of the cork oscillators then that could get like really interesting it makes some really cool sounds with it if you could do that can can we just clarify something uh, yeah. and that's the little bits are a separate company yeah, they're going not, for a while, yeah. making all these little yeah. tiny things, and now they're partnering with Korg to make a like a Korg branded, but it still is a little bit product rather than a Korg product. Well, it may be that they've had to put some proprietary Korg. Sorry, I'm very bad yeah. manners on me. I've just caught me eating some yeah. uh, some stolen <laughs> cake. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that seemed a really inappropriate time to do that. Um, they're probably supplying like maybe some of the um, the chips that go to make the oscillators or whatever because they would have built, had a lot of those made and perhaps if they haven't made them all into monotrons yet, then they can easily just you know send them over to little bits who may maybe make the kit. So I mean, I'm I'm to this is total speculation, of course. I don't know if that's true, uh, but it is only meant to be available in Japan. Is that right? For oh, now, you know, so you'd have to import them. I'm sure they will. Yeah, it is for now. I believe. Okay. But very cool, and it um, it does it does rather sort of tie in nicely with the next topic, which is those patch blocks, which is another sort of interesting idea, which I've got um, I've got here. Let's play that. This is a Kickstarter product, but it just seems to be there's a bit of a golden, you know, as we've had the golden age of new analog, this is a golden age of um, a monologue. Actually, I think we could call it a golden age of monologue. I like that. Maybe not as a show title. I'll write it down anyway. Hi, I'm Sebastian Heinz, and I'm the developer of Patchblocks, which are these programmable sound modules, which are standalone, battery-powered sound synthesizers that can be chained together. You can program them with a Mac or PC editor with what is called visual programming. And this combines the flexibility of patching software environments and the tangibility and physicality and fun of physical hardware and actual synthesizers. So, in essence, it allows you to program and create your own synthesizer and take it with you wherever you want. How it works is easy. All you have to do is you use our patching editor and connect low-level sound synthesis elements in there, assign which parameters of that you wish to assign to the controls of the patch blocks. And then, if you want to listen to it, you can use the emulator of the software. Listen to it till you're happy with it, and then press compile. It then compiles that code and uploads it via USB to one of the patch blocks. And you just unplug it, ah. and you're ready to go. Ah, what so it's DSP. Oh, it's a, yeah. Just for example, use one, and program it as a drum computer. Or combine two, transfer the audio signal losslessly between them, and have a bigger drum computer. Or you can use one as a sequencer, and sequence that. That's pretty neat. I'll stop there because uh, you can go watch this for yourself wherever you like. Um, we can go to the web. Uh, basically, they're looking for about 
10 grand. Bloody hell, that's quick. When I looked this morning, that was 3,800 when I started doing the show notes for this. And now it's, mm, it's gone up by eight grand <laughs> in about three hours. So I'm guessing they've got their, uh, they're going to, basically the plan is, is they're going to make, uh, uh, I think it's a thousand of them with the first, with, with this money. So they'll, they'll use it to actually do a production run. And uh, then you can buy as many as you like. I think you're starting at, starting at 30, bu- 30 quid, which is what, about $50, something like that. The thing that I don't like is this bit here. This kind of, you just use our editor. I mean, look at that. That looks kind oh. of, ooh, that, that's ooh. the bit that, that's not that's so exciting. worse than Reactor. <laughs> nice idea, though. Again, you know, you could buy one of those for your, for your child and tell them to go to their room and make a synthesizer. Do you think it would work? Sure. Probably. <laughs> for a bit, yeah. Mm. I think they look really cool because you can make, you can turn them into uh, like guitar pedals, can't you? Because they've got stereo in and stereo out. Yeah, digital and audio. Stereo, stereo out. audio as well. Yeah. But they're always the same, it's always in block, right? Just a different code. Different yes, color. I believe so. Different colors, different colors. You could get different colors, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think it looks quite cool though for making. 30 quid? I wonder if they're yeah, going to be able to keep that up. Yeah. That seems like a bargain, really. Uh, what do you get with Once. it? Let's... It's £30 per module, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. So then That's you're at 120 you quid if you've got all four of those modules. What about... And it's battery-powered. So I'm, uh, I, I think it's USB-powered. I don't want to be the voice of oh, go dissension on. here. But go ahead. <laughs> as I usually am. Um why don't you just buy four Raspberry Pis and chain them together? Because what's it doing that that wouldn't do? Uh, well, it hasn't got any knobs on. But looking at okay, but looking at the programming environment, what's it actually doing? I mean, I, I've sort of noticed that this this about you know the thing about the other ones is that it's about making things accessible and convenient. So that doesn't look accessible and convenient to me. And well, what makes not. these things fun is just being able to grab hold of them. It's got a battery in it. It's going to make sound immediately. I'm going to plug these things together, try different things out, and it's just there. Otherwise, if it's not just there, why don't I just go and sit in front of my computer with Macs or something? And well, as Gaz said, I, I mean, if it, but if, what, if, you know, if where, it's, where's the accessibility? If it stays, if it's got a non-volatile memory, so the code you put in compiles... And that's it. And if you then you can use it as a guitar pedal or several guitar pedals, and that's quite interesting. So okay, so each module has a separate audio in and audio out. Yeah, it's got analog, analog, stereo. It's got analog stereo oh. I/O and digital stereo I/O too. So, the, oh, so you wouldn't need to buy all four of them. You just buy one of these things, and you can use it like an effects pedal that you can yeah. completely yeah. program yourself. Okay. Yeah, so just one right, of them. You, just okay, probably yeah, that's kind of cool. And I guess you can download uh, presets. Probably there's a forum where I can upload and download a code for this. So if I'm not really into that sort of patchwork thing, I most likely will be at the end of the day be able to download from a various selection. If of, the, if, yeah. yeah, well, if the, if the rate at which it's um, been funded is any kind of idea of the amount of people that will be using it, given that they're £40 it's, each and they've got £10,000, then maybe it's, uh, maybe it would be I, useful if it's... Yeah, I, OK. I think what, what, you would, what, would, what would make it like a complete sort of system for me 
is because I mean the, the amount of controls on it is both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean you've got two knobs and two buttons and and that's it. So mm. that's not a lot, but it does have a USB port on it. So here's another product, and I've been investigating this on my blog a little bit with uh, using an iPhone as a, a MIDI router. But like there's more and more things coming out now with uh, a USB socket on it, but there's you know, there's still a fairly, la- there's a quite a large hole in the market, really, for powered USB hubs that could act as a MIDI routing box, you know. Mm. Because well, I no, mean, I mean, the, the CME keyboard, all of these things, you know, they're using these US, you know, so MIDI is changing from the, the typical five-pin DIN to USB. USB. But yet, how many people are making, I mean, how many people are making USB hubs uh, MIDI hubs with USB. That's what we need. And battery-powered ones as well. Put that with these things, connect them in, and then you can connect all sorts of controllers in the USB world to these little blocks, and bow! Then, wow. then it gets really and exciting. And also, I mean, you know, let's, let's think... That's a good idea. You know, they just bring out another version which has got, you know, four knobs on it instead, or just four buttons or whatever. You know, that's... You know, if you, like, as uh, Shaggy Freak says in the chat room, hell, if I can use this as a delay unit then why not? 30 quid, that'll be fine. I'd love to have a little delay. You know, it just depends on what the uh, what the quality of the DSP code is. Actually, looking at that, you can see, uh, maybe it's in the prototype, but you can see there's a little sort of uh, uh, lithium-ion battery bag just kind of stuffed underneath the board there, which might be uh, an interesting... Um, yeah. yeah, that might uh, One, one, <laughs> one yes. thing I just saw is it's 190 backers. And how many quid? Thirty. So that's so. No, but that doesn't work out. Yeah, but you can do more. You can do a thirty, a oh, thirty-five, okay. a you know, a thirty. Uh, you've got. Let's see what you got. For thirty quid, for five quid, uh, you just get involved. For thirty quid, you get one when they come into production. For thirty-five or more, you get a unit before the people that pledge it. You can pick pick the color. For forty, you get one before Christmas. For eighty, you get two. For uh, 110, you get four, and yeah, okay. et cetera, et cetera. In fact, um, you know that. I th- what was it? It was 12.79 when we looked. So while we've been look, while we've been doing this, it's uh, gone up by one. I'll see if I can do a refresh. So it's definitely, obviously, <laughs> on the up. I'd like to think that's perhaps one of our uh, one of our guys. <laughs> uh, and the guy who did the demo is fantastic. Though, if I could just offer a tip, if you're gonna put a demo on Kickstarter, make sure you put it on YouTube because honestly, going to YouTube and doing a search for patchwork yields a lot of different results. It's like grey-haired old ladies making kind of uh, those quilts that you make in the US. There's very <laughs> there's none of this, so I had to find a way to download this. But anyway, interesting idea, and um, I'd certainly recommend it. I mean, you know, for, certainly on a punt, it, it's also really nicely pitched, isn't it? You just go, oh, 35 quid, I'll get that before Christmas. I can give that to, insert name of loved one it's, here. Um, it's a video. It's very slick as well, because his argument about the physicality of it and stuff. I mean, I was just kind of like locked into that, going like, wow, yeah, okay. I mean, he just very succinct, very good. Yeah, no, I agreed. Uh, Top chap. Um, He's based in Belfast, although you might have noticed he had a sort of Swedish accent, um, and is Sebastian Heinz. He may be Swedish. I have possibly got that completely wrong, but whatever. The Swedes Swedes again, eh? And their designs. God. They're everywhere these days. 
Ah, Shaggy Freak says in the chat room, no, it went up one because of me. Well, congratulations. He just bought one of the 35 ones. It's nice to see that we have a difference. And there, if there's any message there to our advertisers, there's one right now, a call to action, and it just happened. <laughs> Speaking of which, yes, we, uh, uh, Isotope's run has, uh, has, has, has uh, expired for this year, and uh, we want to say thanks to them for their, you know, their support over the last six months. It's been fantastic. But as a... As you may have noticed, it's up for grabs. So if anyone else is interested, um, do contact us uh, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Right, um, so this is the next thing. Uh, this has got to be... Uh, oh, this is awesome. I mean, just uh, let me see. Well, you may know um, Mr. Peter Forrest from his A to Z of Analog uh, Synthesizers. Fabulous books. He also runs uh, an auction site called Vimeo. Uh, which bizarrely doesn't show up in any search engines and is listed under Sphere Music. Now, again, don't ask me why he's chosen to do that, but uh, I, I, I have to say you are going to be terrified uh, when you see what he's got up here. For so this is the list of all the stuff. This happens kind of once every. Um, I think it's about every six months. I don't know if anyone knows differently, but it always, and certainly in the UK, it's a kind of mecca. For, it's all those people who've just sort of had a reasonably well-paid music gig and they just can't stop buying music technology, this is the place they go and hang out. And there are just... Well, look at this. There's a Big Briar Ferramin for six grand. The biggest one I found, actually, let me see. There's a whole ton of, ton of things. In fact, Dave Spears brought this up because there's a Moog... Uh, let me see, what is it? It's a Moog 60s modular. And this, I tell you what, this is going... Uh, this is listed currently, I think it's... Uh, about 18 grand. This is a classic late 60s modular. Very beautiful looking thing. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, current price is, is something like 17,000 quid. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff here. But what's interesting is, you know, in the way that eBay kind of works as a focal point, almost a sort of magnifying glass, like when you focus the sun, you know, the buying frenzy gets even more so here. It's, it seems like a very... A very expensive way to buy equipment. Well, actually, talking to you, Non, because you've got yep. uh, your SP twelve hundreds. Do you buy? Where do you get? Where do you source those? All your four of them. Um, eBay. Ah, okay. The first one, which was quite a funny story, because I thought I was looking for an SP twelve hundred for quite some time and regularly typing it into eBay, and then suddenly there's one. Okay, I bid on it, and then I end up being the only one that bid. And I won, ooh, and then I got really scared. And then I found out, oh, it's a store in New York, so maybe I have a chance to actually receive it. But they never really got back to me for some time. And then I thought, oh, maybe it was too cheap. And then eventually it arrived. And when I got here, it didn't almost do nothing because all the, they tried to clean the, uh... the, 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 the knobs and everything here. And somehow... Nothing worked. You couldn't record, hardly play back anything, and I was totally, utterly frustrated. But it got better and better and better, and then uh, my surroundings, my friends, got their SPs as well, and uh, they uh, eventually lost a little bit of interest, and so I bought them from them. Ah, so you, so you've, been, you've been grooming people on the internet and then, and then the taking their SP-1200s from them, telling them, oh, yeah, that's no good. You don't want any of those. Yeah, no. Yeah, I've still got mine, but I don't use it very much. It's not very good, is it? I can, I can see how it goes. You craft yeah, them. Uh, but and I only paid scary. 200 for mine, so I'll give you 200 for yours. That's the other piece. <laughs> That but it's, it's, a, it's a quite a scary affair, actually, because 
uh, one of them had a problem with a disk drive, and you know, you never, you never know what you get. So, have you, have you, have you tried putting um, like uh, SD card readers or, fl- or something else that would transfer the data without moving parts, so you don't have to worry about all of that, uh, all the, the drives going down? Because I know that on the Akai's, you could buy these little uh, adapter kits that go in where the floppy hole was, that you could put SD cards and what have you. And I don't know if that would work on the same, in the same way. You looked into yes, that? It, it would. I would. I think there's a couple of solutions that you can get to do that. But I opted uh, for. I bought a couple of second-hand drives uh, that ah. actually work because you can't just use any because it's it's uh, locked into the ROM, in the BIOS on the ROM of the machine, and it's really looking for that certain drive. And oh, so uh, after some time, after trying about 50 different drives. I now have three replacement drives, and I I like to go for the for the original look. At I mean, it's great to have a modification, but it kind of ruins the whole idea, you know, of having it. So as long as I have uh, working drives, I will uh, use uh, all four of them as they are because they all still work perfectly. Okay, so you're doing a lot of hip hop then? Uh, I did uh, I did uh, six tracks. Only uh, using the SP twelve hundred. Wow, that's like that. Sam- sampling bits and pieces of the Damned, Sweet Blockbuster, David Bowie, and all that sort of stuff. And it's I actually hear online. It. online. Yes, it's online. Really cool. You can hear it now. You can S- hear send it now. us, send send us a link. link. <laughs> Somebody type it in the chat. Somebody type it in the chat. Okay, I'm going to listen to that after the show because I love all those things that, that, that you just named about four of my favorite acts. Did you yeah, know hang five? on. I think we should be able to get that during the show. Uh, yeah. I can do that. I've got the ac- I've got the accessibility. Uh, it's, it's on YouTube. Ah, okay. It's a, actually a video. Oh, here it is. I send you the link, right? Okay. Well, uh, what's it called? I can, I can search. I can play it out. Perhaps that would be the way to do it, wouldn't it? Uh, Gas, yep. you look like you might be lost in Vimeo now. I, I hope we haven't uh, basically da- put done any damage <laughs> to your wallet. It's a bit dangerous. There is a few things on there that I'm kind of uh, eyeing up, actually. The, um, I think the, the boss, what's it called now, where I've just changed the page. There's a boss, uh, it's like a flanger chorus pedal, but it's the first ever boss pedal. CE1? Uh, is it the CE1? No, no. no it's the BF... Um, is it the BF01. The best friend forever. The BF. <laughs> I've got a BF2, a really early boss BF2 flanger, which is awesome, actually. A little purple stomp pedal when they first uh, created that little hinged design with the battery. This, uh, right, right. This one is, uh, is a big old chunky old thing, the big... Um, uh, well, if mine's metal. a BF1, a BF2, that must be a BF1, then. I can't find it now. There's got to be. A, we should actually play a video. Uh, we, we should have a um, like a, um, a a game of, or competition of some court sort, which is uh, Vimeo guess the current bid of the uh, of the auction. And I've got one for you here. So this is a Buchler, um It's called a Buchler Dodeca module. Uh, extremely rare, rare, impossible to find. How much do you reckon? That's a, we're talking module here. We're not talking a full synthesizer. How about a guess? I think I looked at that about five minutes ago, so I'm probably cheating if I guess. Well, you can go last then. Guess. Okay. Take a guess. Ooh, 6,900. Okay. Non Eric? 8,000. Oh, okay, Mark, you can go now. I was like 296 or something, wasn't it? No, it was 
I'm on the wrong the, book the list. Clue, <laughs> the clue is in the name, Dodeca module. So uh, it's... 10,000. 10 grand plus. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, it was the one at the other end of the... There's a Buchla thing on there for hundreds, though, isn't there? Yeah. 500 that's, and something? That's a Buchla plectrum, I think. Is it? <laughs> 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 Signed did you get the link? Ah, uh, oh, did I, I get the link? I have to say... Oh, where did you send it? No, because it's gone through to my other machine, which I, you're, you're calling in to a machine that is... Oh, okay, over there okay. somewhere. You'll have to email it to me. That's the best it's thing the to do. On the distant horizon. Yeah. What I love about Peter Forrest, and I think that all auction sites should do this, is that if an auction's closing and somebody places a snipe on Vemia, it extends the end of the auction time, like a real-world auction. Like if the, somebody was coming down with a hammer, he'd be like, going, going, 500 pounds, 500 pounds, sir. And then the auction continues, and it continues for like a few more seconds and just make sure that nobody else really wants to get in at the last minute. And I uh, think eBay should work like that. From a seller's perspective, it would be better. But from a buyer's perspective, if we want to find bargains, we're probably more likely to yeah. find them on eBay. They, they're not going to want to do it, though, are they? That's a major part of eBay. I mean, it's, it's quite nasty. Well, and when why not? Sniped. Because if they program that into the back end of eBay and it drove the prices up, and they're taking a cut. Yeah, but I mean, there's money. nothing. Have you have you actually? There's nothing more irritating. I mean, because we we get uh, mail outs for video equipment that comes in, and there I can't remember the name of the site, but it sends stuff, and it's like you know they're, they're usually takedowns of uh, large broadcast facilities. So occasionally we're looking for big monitors or specifically you know tiny little bits of broadcast equipment that we could possibly afford, and one of them does that, and it just basically goes, you go, yeah, oh, you're the highest bidder, and it's like, yeah, no, we want to get a bit more for that, so we've extended it by an hour, and it's like, well, why, <laughs> why? not i mean i bid for it that's the point of a bloody auction if you are the far the final bidder then you should be the final bidder if you're going to extend it then it just defeats the point of an auction in my opinion absolutely mm, no, i disagree well <laughs> wait till you're on the receiving end eh? Uh, mr <laughs> non-eric you've gone uh, you've gone to an icon uh, i know you are oh. an icon you are an icon in your own right but uh, you are currently um yeah, I, I tried to send you... Um, I've got it. I think what it is is when you switch to uh, another application, it... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. let me see. I'm going to go and get that now. I'm going to go and post it in here, and uh, and then we can um, enjoy your play out. Zig Zack Ziggy. Yes, I remember that. I think we talked about this. There we go. I, I, there's a teaser. This ain't rock and roll, available on compact cassette only. Well, that's not Strictly True, because it's also available on YouTube. And ah. as a digital download. And a digital download. Um, you're still an icon. Um, I'm not sure what... What do I have to do? I'm not you sure have to what bring I have to Sky do. You have to bring Skype to fo into focus, perhaps? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, because I've never had... Yeah. It's just never happened before. <laughs> mm. I bought some cassettes the other day. I actually bought something on cassette. Look, it's arrived today. $40, that cost. Wow, nice box. Yeah, very, really lovely, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe I need to hang up. Nick. Okay, all right, yeah. go ahead and I'll come back. Just come back and call me back again. That's no problem. From the 1990s, two cassettes, $40. But now I don't have anything to play on. <laughs> ah, that's the problem. I don't have to buy a cassette machine, I think. It's interesting. I was looking at, uh, I, I saw a tweet because Real World Records um, just uh, posted an update uh, because the release that Adrian Utley was working on when he did a live blog for us uh, which uh, was a remix. I forget the name of the band now. I should have looked into it, but I didn't know it was going to come up. Uh, the last shot was him mastering onto a tax Tascam 
um, C90. He actually mastered the mix onto cassette, which I just thought was just genius, really. I mean, kind of quite... I like the idea of it. I guess, you know, it, it has an effect and might might well sort of work. It's just an interesting idea. I guess if you've got a very well-aligned uh, cassette deck, then that could work. Incidentally, we've got a live well, blog... Well, we used to... to do that. Did I you? I mean, we used to master onto a Nakamichi cassette machine. Right. Onto I, this is Mechlor. ringing a bell. Have we discussed this yeah. already? <laughs> we may have we did discuss this oh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Well, I had a B77 and a Nakamichi cassette machine, and the Nakamichi sounded way better than the B77, so we used to master stuff onto the cassette and then copy it onto the B77 if we needed to send it to anybody on tape. Ah. And that was weird. That was weird because they used to line So we'd have to put code on one channel and then the mix on the other channel and then they'd kind get of mono line mix it up the... to film using the code. Wow. It was all so archaic. You know, trying to get things in time then before wow. we had digital was just so archaic. Bloody hell. Well... Anyway, if you want to get uh, into uh, Sphere Music, it's sphere-music.com, and that's where Vimeo is. It's uh, it's quite arcane uh, software, but that's kind of part of the delight of it. And a lot, a lot of this stuff is either been had its you know a lot of it's located in Vimeo, which is uh, in Cornwall, I believe, or is it Devon? I forget North Devon or Cornwall. I forget Exeter, which. Exeter, isn't it? Ex- is it Exeter? He was okay. in Exeter. So maybe, Devon. Maybe. And uh, so some of it's there and some of it's based in uh, in other places, but kind of cool stuff. I, I've been calling it Vimeo for the past sort of 12 years or something. So I, is it Vimeo, is it? Whoops. Ah, but, but you say Moog. Or do you say Moog? <laughs> I say Moog. Ah, there we go. Well, I, there, well that's wrong because I, I call it Moog and I call it Vimeo. So there's just some... We've got... We're vowelly challenged somehow. <laughs> uh, right, what's next? Um... Oh, yeah, check in email or music. Uh, now, let's see. This was a talk from uh, Ted XQUT. I'm not quite sure what that means. And this is uh, Andrew Sorensen, uh, who is currently uh, at Queensland University of Tech Brisbane, research fellow, science engineering faculty, and... Uh, Musical improvisation of sorts. I'll, well, I'll let him explain. It's going to be somewhat of an unusual improvisation. So the first thing that's going to be a little bit strange about this performance is that the laptop here is the only instrument in this piece. Nothing strange about that, you might think. You'd be right. In this day and age. But what is going to be unusual about the laptop's central role in this performance is that the software, which will be generating all of the music that you're about to listen to, hasn't been written yet. My musical interface for this performance isn't a piano keyboard, it's not the bow and strings of a violin, it's not even a Microsoft Connect or a Wiimote or some other sort of contemporary gestural device suitable for musical performance. Let's move it on a bit and you can see, so basically he's doing this live and he's writing his code down. And I'll play, I, I, I probably shouldn't play all of it because it's, you know, you can go watch it on YouTube. I, I mean, the first thing was, um, wow, you know, it takes the kind of idea of... Uh, almost non-performance to the uh, to the nth degree, doesn't it? The idea of kind of being checking your email. And uh, that's kind of a bit mind-blowing. And, I, I, and as a search, I think I should go to non-Eric first because obviously you've both got non in your title and that's about as tenuous a link as I could possibly imagine. Does, I don't know, if, did you get a chance to check out any of his other works, by the way? Nope. No. Yes, actually, but, but I'd like to... Uh, go to the point of the non-performance. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I was at the uh, uh, Now Hotel in Berlin where UAD was doing the Heritage Tour, showing some 
you know, some software plugins and they had some uh, mastering engineers there, mixing engineers, really uh, um, very popular guys here in Germany. And on the way there, I was traveling in the S-Bahn. There was all these people making music on the street. And that struck me and I said, well, we are so much into that music technology thing that we forget that most of the music out there is being played still. You know, there's people busking and on drums and playing guitar and singing. I think I must have seen at least five or six bands and artists while just going to the S-Bahn station. And so uh, sometimes I think we just, we get too caught up in all that sort of music technology laptop thing and we forget that probably nine out of ten musicians are not dealing with that. Mm. And that's very true. Sorry, we got caught eating cake again. That's terrible of me. So what's the point though? <laughs> but... um. Well, yes, but I think the thing about this was what's really, I find really kind of interesting, or at least challenging, is how do you, because the music is evolving. I mean, I'd love to know the process, because obviously he's playing things via kind of contact instruments and stuff that you're not seeing. You're just seeing this code window. But how do you translate this, the notion of jamming, you know, where it's real time, you know, left or right brain, I forget which it is, with typing things out in a structured format and without making loads of typos and ending up with a load of rubbish. But if you listen to some of his other music, I mean, it's really beautiful. Some of it's fantastic. Um, and, you know, not like that at all, sort of incredibly classical or whatever. It's just a very interesting process. I don't know. Does it interest you, Gaz? You were playing at the weekend, weren't you? Um, yeah. Uh, I just, it did make me think that when you were saying non-performance as a way of like calling people using a laptop, you could, you could squash that title from non-performance, just squash it to nonce. Like as a, just a, you could say <laughs> a nonce on stage. That has a very that, different meaning. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's a funny one. It's sort of like when you're doing that sort of thing at home and you know i go off on these ridiculous sonic adventures using loads of software and, and bits and bobs um and it is when people watch it it is quite you know let's say friends come around and i say hey look at this and, and they, they're kind of into it and they think it's wow look at that it's cool so you know the next step would be in a way to to do that as a performance but it's weird isn't it it's almost like when you when you see someone perform you want to kind of it's about that transference of, of of your sort of soul and your you know your personality and uh, uh, when you use music technology, it does kind of have uh, it's a different thing, isn't it? You're like you're like like the levers on the beast, you know. But the, but ultimately, the beast is a separate thing from when you're making music and it's emanating from you, be it from your hands or um, so. Oh, I'm really, I'm really struggling between I, to, to sort of approve of it or to not, you know, from a performance point of view. It uh, seems like a very intellectual um, exercise, certainly in the context of TED. I mean, I, I don't think if I would pay for it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I wrote an article. So I'm not sure if I would pay money. I mean, perhaps it would be interesting for like a live stream where I'd sort of tune in, and you know, it might be part. But I listened. There's a particular. There's a piece by him called Stained. Um, which sounds uh, ghastly in a lot of ways if you use it um, uh, um, literally. But um, it, it, uh, the, the program that he uses is something called Impromptu, which is like real-time DSP coding. And he uses it for processing uh, imagery as well. I've got uh, a shot of it 
here and what you can do with it. And he took an image of a stained glass window that was actually from Bath Abbey, which is what sort of triggered this whole off. I just sent him an email saying, we really, we really should do some sort of interview or piece with you because this came from Bath Abbey. It just seems like such a kind of... But uh, and So the interesting idea of doing all of this stuff in real time, but it is very much, like I say, it's an... A, a, um, a philosophical exercise. I don't know, Mark. Do you? What do you think about it? You've got to pick. There, there I am. There you are. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. You see, I'm. What do I'm... I think about it? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what do I think about it? Well, first of all, I shouldn't be saying um because I have trained with Toastmasters to be a very good public speaker, which means that I've seen lots of very good public speakers, and the public speakers that really. Are, are interesting and entertaining to watch move around a lot. They don't just stand statically in one place and talk in a monotone mm. voice about whatever they're talking about. They kind of move around, they're animated, they use gestures, they use their body. So public speaking is a performance and it's entertaining. Music is a performance and it's entertaining. The most entertaining performance may be like Iggy Pop, dashing all over the stage, jumping around like a complete maniac. It's interesting to watch. Seeing a guy sit on a stool at a laptop and type code, did, it just doesn't do it for me. It's like, why? What, what are you doing? I mean, and watching, you know, I kind of watched the code on the screen and I thought, okay, he's changing note lengths and he's changing the note that it's playing and he's changing the beats by changing the divisions and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, yawn, come on, um... I mean, I, I, the hardest thing about public speaking for me is that if I'm going to do a speech and I write it, I can't remember it. I'm rubbish at doing that. So I could see that there was a potential solution in there and that you sample everything you want to say and then you just put it on a key and then you type something in. You, could, yeah, it so you could just stand on stage and um, press, press play so on I your speech. So I could just stand still and do nothing, but... Hopefully, I'm more entertaining than that. So. <laughs> that's a, that's a very interesting. But I like your analogy there. Um, erroneous nickname wants to know if you're using a pitching wedge or a nine iron, Mark, because uh, you're looking very I've, golfing. <laughs> but um, what is that? I've got a nine pin din. Uh, a nine pin. There we go. Yeah. So that was very astute of that person. Nicely done. Nicely nicely sidestepped there. Uh, interesting ideas, though. I mean, I think that it, it, it's a completely different dynamic, isn't it? It's kind of what he's put together. I'm guessing where his skills go are... It's almost like the, in programming pattern-based. You know, I can't get my head around that because I have to, you have to, you're looking at things and you go, yeah, if I put the hi-hats on every other one and then I put this there, it's going to go at this point. And it's, a, it's like a massive further extension of that approach. But that's how I. Well, that's how I. He's st- just reversed into I, DOS, hasn't he? Yeah, kind or, of. Or yeah. Unix that's or how whatever. I. St- yeah. That is how I started. You see, in the eighties, programming. No, in in code on a Music Five Hundred on a BBC Micro. Ah, uh, that was okay. Like a stand, yeah, yeah. It was a little standalone synthesizer, eight eight voice uh, FM synth, and uh, yeah. So I actually I started those. by doing that, and you would sort of write, and it would just. And then those things kind of evolved into trackers, you know, and some people mm. swear by that approach using the tracker approach, which is oh. still si- similar to coding, isn't it? You know, because you've got the... Yeah, yeah. Moving, Apart from the fact it goes racing well, well, past before you get a chance to decide, you know, if when it's playing, it's much harder to work out what's going on, isn't it? Because it kind right. of steps yeah. past all the time. But then we are uh, constructing music and not playing or performing music. It's a construction yeah. job. You know, you have an idea in your head and then you 
you make it come to life by coding or putting notes into an MC yeah. 800 or whatever. Um, but so there's a huge delay perform. between the process of receiving the idea or you know coming up with the idea Absolutely. and yeah. then putting it out there in the world, like a huge delay, right? But isn't yeah. it, if you've got lots of preparation done, which I'm assuming he's got, he's got his sound banks loaded, he's got his palette of sounds that he then triggers, you know, and there must be effects chains and what have you already in mind that he calls as functions, is that no different to, um, you know, like DJing, you know, where you just choose which bits go to together and you sequence the resequencing? I mean, it's a very similar kind of thing, similar. I suppose. Except you get the, you're going to it get the feedback. Like you, you get the feedback from the crowd, so you get energy. I, I I don't understand how, in his situation, if he was making something where an audience would respond to it, how he then responds to them because it's not instant. Yeah, but he's not going to do that because he's doing a TED talk, and they're a set length of time. So well, he's got to get that, his no, talk no, but, into so many minutes. So if yeah. he does something that, to react to the audience, then that's not, no, I don't think so. Oh dear. Well, but I mean, you know, I'm talking because he's lots of other pieces up there. Um, I, I did check well, his. I haven't vi- seen any of his other pieces. Maybe I should go and do that. Yeah, I did d- like his audio I, codec, though. I do remember the Sorensen audio codec was definitely <laughs> one of the better MP3. Codecs. I'm not sure it was him. That was. Uh, I'm not sure it was him. If it was him, <laughs> I got his name. If it, if it was him, then he's probably a very wealthy man and doesn't need doesn't care what any of us say anyway. But uh, sorry, were you about to come in there, guys? Uh, no, I, oh, who was I have a comment. Yes. Maybe the process in, in this in this case, the music is probably more interesting than the process. And in contrast, Brian Eno's music is not as interesting as his process. Sure. Yes, I know you what get, you're saying. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So musically, it wasn't. It wasn't disinteresting, but the performance-wise, it was disinteresting. Yes, I think or the point is the point is is what what I suppose is amazing is that somebody can sit there and type something out that evolves over time that is essentially an improvisation, uh, albeit you know within certain parameters, I'm sure, and it actually be quite musically relevant. So he's obviously honed his skills immensely well to be able to create this stuff. I, I mean, we assume so. He might actually just be typing any old rubbish, and there's just a two track <laughs> playing in the background, and it looks like. It looks like he's actually doing it. But I suspect not, because he has written this impromptu uh, uh, environment, you know, for actually, co- you know, so you can go and download this. And, uh, you know, he has written this language and environment for it to happen in, in uh, um, uh, OSX. So, yes, I suppose there is there is that. Oh, so you can download his software and learn to use it yourself, can you? Yes. Is that what you're saying? You can indeed. Should I have read that in my show notes beforehand? <laughs> it's entirely possible you, you, you could, but, you know, the, you also don't have to. There are no um, hard and fast rules to this show, as I'm sure you're all aware. Um, not Eric, you, you, you said you might have to uh, get out of here about this time. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you want to add um, before your time is up, as it were? Yes, uh, I've been playing around a little bit more with the Baldorf Pulse 2. Ah, yes. And uh, what is really striking is I always find there's a certain lack of powerful bass with lots of attack in the computer. And uh, this one really delivers. I mean, the, the envelopes are incredibly fast, very, very punchy, a really great bass sound. So if anybody out there is still quite unsatisfied with his or her bass sound, that could be uh, the solution. 
Ah, okay. Well, hopefully, uh, we might be able to get together with you and do a little sort of overview, seeing as yep. uh, I have been unable to procure one in the UK, even though it was promised to me more than two weeks ago. Um, obviously, the distributor feels it has better places to send their demo copies, and that's all I can say. But uh, hopefully, we can we can do something cool. So, but non Eric, uh, I hope that now I realise we're at the end of your working day and us yep. too. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, once again in full fidelity, and it's looking great there. Very nice. Very, uh, very impressive. And uh, so thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you You're again. You're welcome. Next uh, week. Next week, yeah. Well, next week if we do the, <laughs> if we do the Waldorf thing or, or on the show, however you prefer it. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. See you later. Gotta go. Bye. So while um, non-Eric uh, hangs up and um, does his... Uh, um, there we go. And now we, he's just re- reduced to a desktop on the system. Um that sounds that, quite interesting. Yes, sorry. Did, go, you, go. did you manage to look at my new video? Your, my, uh, yes, your sampler so, I, video. I actually posted it today, in fact. I posted oh, it online. Um, and yes, that looked really <laughs> nice. Well, that was because uh, the, I was really inspired by the new version of Sampler. Sorry, I don't want to go back to uh, Apple stuff, but it's just that Sampler is such a wonderful app, you know, and it's like five quid or ten bucks or whatever it is. It's so cheap. But yet it is... Ah, it is unquestionably my favourite app, I've decided. It's just so good. So I've gone on record now. It's my favourite app. Uh, it's, um, there's a new uh, arpeggio mode in it, and that was largely why I wanted to make a little video to demonstrate the arpeggio mode. Uh, I think probably if you're going to show some, jump a few more minutes in, I reckon. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, just trying to find it. I think I saw you using it, so I'm just looking for Oh, it's not... Uh... But it's just such a clever idea that you've got the waveform in front of you and then to play the arpeggio, you're actually touching parts of the waveform and then it's arpeggiating between bits of the waveform. Does it work like Curtis? Curtis? Have What's you that? Used Curtis? I don't know that. No, no. no oh, there's that. another one for us to try. Mm. Let's see if I can uh, do that. Okay. This uh, is Curtis, yeah. Ah, that looks interesting. It's sort of like a cross so you, between... So you can record a piece of audio and then you... Hang on, let me demonstrate it vaguely. If I record this piece of audio and then I can play around with it... Oh, it's sort of more granular kind of vibe to it. Uh, it. If I record this piece of audio... Then... Yeah, I mean, you basically, you record, you've got your waveform... God, that's really not interesting, is it? <laughs> you've seen the top of my hat. Uh, you've got your waveform on the screen, like this, and you... Oh, that's interesting. That that reminds me a little bit of... Um, was it Grain Science, or uh, one that we had that when we were reviewing? It, similar, it might have been the same, or Borderlands. It reminds me of the same, same episode, I think, that we uh, of Sonic Touch, which is episode 20, 20. I'd like to say, yes. Back, well yeah. remembered. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, the thing about Sampler, I think, uh, there's a few things that are in- interesting. Uh, the developer is a guy called Marcus Alonso, and I was thinking, who is this Marcus Alonso? So a little bit of snooping turns out that he's the guy who was behind the uh, um, reactables, or certainly the, the graphical ah. and, and the, uh, the appearance uh, ah. of reactables. So I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. Uh, and then the version one of Sampler, when it first came out, had... Uh, it had the same typeface as the, uh, the Teenage Engineering OP1. And it was, a lot of people were speculating that it was a virtual version of the OP1. And uh, now there's some similarities, but 
subsequent versions of sampler changed it, it changed from that sort of pale gray to like a black looking and and the and the the, the typeface changed a little bit so uh and it's developed into something that is so unique but uh, i mean i go into some detail on my video about it but i think that um you could really justify buying an ipad and sampler and just only having just the app Mm, you know, well, that's interesting. You really, truly could. You really, truly could. So if I click this button that says buy, I'm holding you responsible for this being brilliant. You'd, oh, you'd, well, be, a we, fool, you'd be a fool not to buy it, honestly. It's so good. Right, it I'm really buy is it. so I, good. I, I honestly would like to say live purchasing on Sonic Talk is always <laughs> very much welcome. Yes. Uh, and I know none of us could perhaps stretch to anything that was on Vimeo, but yeah. you know, at least we can, we, can, we can assist and encourage you. It's like a f- sort of a therapy group where we actually encourage <laughs> you to, well, to feed your passion rather than to suppress I, it. I think, you see, for years... <laughs> For years and years and years, I was wanting something which was a, a replacement to my Casio SK-1, which I got back in about 1984 or yes. something, and, and absolutely loved it. Uh, and just that whole idea of a very, very simple sampler, uh, just immediate. And, and I do achieve that with the, S, uh, with the OP-1, I, I have to add. But also the sampler just lets you sort of take things into a different dimension with it. Um, mm. Sounds perfect but, for me, then. Excellent. <laughs> but just just a, one or two more things about sampler very quickly it's just that um there's a few features that are not documented that are new in it which uh which is to do with the way that you um use the hold button there's a little sustain button that looks like a figure eight when you press that then it acts like a hold but you can add multiple holds and then they're represented as like discs and when you touch the discs you can so, 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 say for instance, you you press it on as a hold, like uh, if, so. If you had it displaying as a just a regular piano keyboard, which is one of the modes in it, and then you pressed it like a sustain pedal, you then get like a little disc showing you. Now you can slide that disc up and down, and it'll change the volume of the sustain at any point, or you can move it on to next notes. It's a really clever idea, and I think there's nice. many ideas which you just think. Jeepers, this is like another, this is just, you know, this feels like a futuristic uh, way of dealing with stuff. Now, with the arpeggio, it's like that. So imagine we've got uh, just like a, just the regular piano keyboard, and it's just like an arpeggiator. Imagine with an arpeggiator that you can adjust the volumes of each one, of each part of so the you arpeggiator. you can change the accent as well. Sure. Ah, um, nice. <laughs> oh, no, the chat room. How dare you? <laughs> Gaz has been uh, being trained. Gaz is being trained. Jordan West. That's just. No, that's not. It's, that's, it's a different, so, a different thing. It's so good. I mean, it's so good. It's just you know, it's so ridiculous. What's happened? Good. I, I need to go in the chat room now. Uh, he's been accused of being uh, as as enthusiastic as Jordan Rudess, perhaps. I, 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 I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> but nonetheless. Sorry, well, sorry. So you can but check, just, check it. It's so good. It's just well, so check good. Out, I didn't, ex- I didn't explain really that very well. I, but yeah, I can't really explain Okay, well, let's, let's not kind of get too, um, too amplified on it. But uh, yes, thank you very much. And you can see there was a news item I posted today. It uh, should be sort of front and centre on the site. So you can see Gaz's video there if you check that out. Um, I think we're probably getting towards the end of the show. It certainly looks like quarter past five to me, and that means I've got to wipe wipe this all up and um, and, and upload and what have you. So I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. Thanks to non-Eric. Obviously, now he's gone. And thanks to uh, you, Mark Tinley, 
for joining us and uh, with your fabulous light. You definitely look a whole uh, it's, it's up a whole level well, it's of. It's totally uh, dark outside, so I would have I would have been plunged into greyness by now. Well, it's so good that, that those those lights that you've got. In fact, if you're interested, they are uh, daylight lights. You can get them from Maplin in the UK, and they've just got a, a daylight balance bulbs, big plastic kind of cab about so big. And uh, very, uh, they work brilliantly for video because they don't flicker. They've got a good frequency to them. So if anyone's interested in that thing, that's what we used to use before we got all of our other stuff. Um, so, yes. And also want to say thank you very much to Gaz Williams. GazWilliams.me right there in his garret where it has also <laughs> received, got dark, where he's up to, yes. up to great things. And we shall be seeing some more of Gaz, uh, hopefully. You, if you didn't, check it out. Check out Gaz's Machina Review, Machine Studio and Machine 2.0, which is uh, going great guns on YouTube. Did it for us. Um, and it, I think we posted... Did we post it last week? It would have been Thursday or Friday, wouldn't it? Yes, it was, wasn't it? Hmm, great. I, I think so. Yeah, so thank you. enjoyed and, it. And more to come. So, um, oh, I was going to play uh, us out with... Um, non-Eric's zigzag ziggy this ain't rock and roll on uh, youtube so if i do that now then we can say goodbye as we go so if i go here and let's see if this is going to play I, I hope so i'll turn it up Good to see uh, Nonner using the, the wasp there. Anyway, I'll leave you with that, and thanks for watching.